Welcome to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And my name is Sebastian. And later on this uh, this episode, we will be having a very quick interview with the Inside Out Muse, uh, Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, The whole festival, music. everyone? Yes, as I was saying, a little later on, we will be joined by Jeff from the Inside Out Film Festival as we discuss a great new initiative. Uh, by the, I don't know why I turned into uh, the tiger that does the cereal there. It would go right. But no, um, we'll be talking about uh, how they are making festival passes available to youth 25 and under for free. Which is really yes. the best price, I think. Yes, yes. Or or um, uh, 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 coffee. Uh, uh, I was going to say tokens. What's the word I'm looking for? Coffee cards, gift cards. That's it. Gift cards for coffee. That that would be that would be my favorite price. Just I show up and you hand me a free coffee. That's you know. Then there's it's it's like negative, really. You, know? <laughs> you, you want people to pay you in coffee. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I love it. I love it. All right. It's been uh, quite a bit of a week. You know, I think normally we start in Canada, but um, I kind of want to start with Russia, Russia. right okay. now. Um, and the reason being, you know, there was, re- you know, when you're not in the middle of a war zone where children are being kidnapped and shipped all over the you know the warring nation where you're not being blown up by munitions and any slight buzzing sound you fear is a is a drone that could end your days you know the water electricity all of these things when you're not in the middle of that it's actually quite hard to get a sense of what's really happening in russia and the ukraine but yeah. Uh, we have been following Russian news. Now, a little while ago, the uh, Russian government introduced even stricter anti-gay laws in the country. Uh, it has been quite like, I mean, it's, you know, you didn't think it'd get any stricter. Um, to give you an idea of how strict it is in Russia right now, we have a few examples of recent, last month or two, court cases yes. uh, in Russia. And the... The one that got a lot of press attention is there was a woman who had uh, some lovely earrings. I don't know. They were kind of kitsch for me, but she had these earrings. It's like little little uh, dollar size, the size of a dollar, uh, little um, frogs uh, that were rainbow colored. You know, a bit of, bit of a fun bling earrings, you know, yes. just, just good times. No, not in mm-hmm. Russia. No fun earrings in Russia. You will not be allowed fun frog rainbow earrings in russia now this is the thing that always kills me the number of times where i've seen uh something has a rainbow on it and then you hear you know uh, people overreact to it they go oh it's gay propaganda and then you look at it you're like that's that's an eight colored rainbow and you know not not to get overly pragmatic about it but the six color rainbow is the pride flag and then the eight color rainbow is god's promise to not flood the earth again like they're they're slightly different rainbows, and and even then, like the Rainbow Coalition, um, the the sort of um, 
integrationist movement from the 70s. They I think they used a nine color rainbow. Like there's there's different rainbows out there. The 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 thing is like, you know, it, it famously a rainbow. You can you can cut the pie a dozen different ways and you can get your full Roy G. Biv or you, you know, you can tuck in different colors. Are you gonna are you gonna include different shades of green in there? Like I don't know. It's you know, different people do cut up rainbows in different ways. So that whenever I, I see something that's just sort of like generically rainbow, I just see that as being a color palette. I don't even see that as being a political symbol. It's so weird that things like this, that that people jump on them. Like if it was a frog that was holding a red fan and it had the five color rainbows on it, the, the six color rainbow from top to bottom, um, then I'd say, well, you know, maybe that's that's some kind of like San Francisco, you know, Polk Street frog of some kind. But like if it's just a frog that's multicolored, like I'm sorry, but there are multicolored frogs out there in nature. That's just weird. That's weird to jump on that. I don't know. Absolutely. Well, it gets uh even worse. Like I said, there was one lady who was uh, was she just she was fined, fined or jail time? Like what fine? Okay. It was a fine. Yeah. Another man made the uh a, you know crime against humanity mm -hmm. of posting an image of a rainbow flag on social media. Uh, okay. Also had to plead uh plead his case before the court. Also faced uh, a fine. Um. In fact, just this week, they attempted, an attempt here is really the, the operative word, attempted to host a My Little Pony uh, uh, conference. And they even edited the pony's male, uh, mane to be the Russian colors. But no, My Little Pony conference in Moscow was raided by federal police okay. and federal agents um, because it was too gay. Too gay, got it. Yeah, about it. Duolingo, the uh, famous threatening owl-themed app, yes. uh, language learning app, uh, has also run afoul of the Russian uh, government. And that is because they have several random learning lines like, um, I do not like this German actress, and these films are quite good. Um, I'm on the film section of Duolingo by now. Uh, but no, they have some storylines that, heaven forbid, feature two characters of the same animated sex. Now, don't forget that animated characters do not have genitalia, but Duolingo's characters have gay storylines and they are also facing fines. So, rainbow frog earrings, posting a rainbow to social media or learning a different language on Duolingo, uh, or even just going to a convention for My Little Pony. All of these are grievous crimes uh, under uh, Russian rule at the moment. It's so weird. It's so bizarre how how heavy-handed they're going with this. Because there was a real, I don't know, the the. I mean, this really is an instance of a slippery slope that actually did turn out to be a slippery slope and not just a fallacy, where, you know, a few years ago, they are saying, you know, if you are an LGBTQI+, um political activist then you couldn't demonstrate publicly then it was you couldn't demonstrate publicly uh in promotion of lgbt issues then you couldn't do anything unless it was in private then you couldn't do this then you and it just it was like the the noose was slowly tightening and it started off pretty broad like you couldn't be engaged in political activity you couldn't be a not-for-profit you couldn't be a formal organization you you know you wouldn't be able to rent office space as a as a as a queer activism group. And it just sort of like, it, it 
went downhill pretty fast. They really slid. And it was, it wasn't even that long ago that they started this. It was like four years ago, five years ago, that I think that it started. I mean, but okay, there was another story here. Uh, a 19 and 24 year old woman, uh, both women were in a pizzeria. And they had a, a small kiss at the end of their pizza. Just think romantic. You know, it's lovely. It's pizza. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like a romantic pizza in the Russian winter? But uh, they were then literally hunted down by Russian agents uh, and Russian police officers uh, for this horrific crime of kissing in a pizzeria. Um, and then I believe they were also fined more than the equivalent of $3,000 um, for that offense. Now, what this means is how can you be gay in Russia or in Russian occupied territories of the Ukraine? You know what I mean? If you can't have rainbow frog earrings or dare to acknowledge your loved one in public, you know, the, the silencing of that, the the impact it has on people. Yeah. Um, really, it's that it's, you know, these might seem like trivial cases, but it's really about cracking down and not just forcing people into the closet. It's yeah. you're in the closet by fine or by threat, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a campaign of fear. Is really what it's about. It's about control through intimidation. Um, they don't need to crack down on major events because if they crack down on the little ones, then people become afraid of organizing big events. It's, it is, uh, yeah, it is, it is fully, um, well, I mean, I don't know. Russia has a history of this. If you're talking about the Bolsheviks, you're talking about Stalin, you know, you can go through the history books and and read about, about propaganda and control in, in, in Eastern Europe. I don't know. I don't want to say it's par for the course, therefore shrug emoji. I don't think that's that's fair or compassionate even, but I don't know. They they really do seem to be just using the old playbook on this one. And I don't mean that in a good way. I do worry that, you know, what this means is if uh, someone has a vendetta about you, if you have insulted your neighbor, or, oh, you know, if you, you have, get all Salem witch trialy about it. Yeah, if you stiffed a cab like, driver, you know, yeah. and he happened to catch a glimpse of you holding someone's hand or yeah. being next to somebody, you know what I mean? It becomes very easy to for people who are not scrupulous characters to leverage the law against them. So, yeah, I have very mm-hmm. little sympathy or patience for Russia right now, particularly with one of the most draconian anti-gay laws um, Mm -hmm. in the world. Yeah, pretty, pretty grim stuff. Um, Sticking to that part of the world for a moment, Mm -hmm. um, interesting news story from some Polish broadcasters. Yes. Uh, particularly the uh, Sunday night broadcasters. Uh, the show is called uh, The Independent, but obviously in Polish, not uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> not English. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about what uh, Wojciech uh, Sislag has said on that show? Uh, basically, they they are they're sort of openly expressing regret for endorsing various. Uh, what they're calling hateful policies against LGBT people in Poland, basically saying that um, they really should have stayed out of the politics on that, that um, they regretted. I mean, 
I could be reading a quote here, but it'd be a translation of a quote anyway. But yeah, uh, they're, they're basically saying that uh, LGBT people, it, it's not an ideology, but a people. And they, they spoke it uh, spoke out against the people too much. And they really should have uh, eased off on that. And there is, there have been talks about that for a while, because we've been reading things in the background. Some of them weren't big enough to do a full story out of, but the the anti-gay politics in Poland is not quite as clean cut as some of the reporting seems to show that basically it was the party in power and some individual cities in Poland were pretty openly anti-gay, but most of Poland was either sort of indifferent and kind of a, they're not hurting anyone. So why is this, why are our tax dollars going towards enforcing anything? Um, and some people, it, I don't want to say pro-gay, but you know, like gay sympathizing or LGBT sympathizing uh, factions in Poland are actually pretty common as well. Um, and it was just a matter of of some of these broadcasters have said they they sort of regret being a mouthpiece to the standing government and sort of disseminating the language that the the sitting government had on these issues. It's worth mentioning that the Polish Law and Justice Party, uh, which is headed up by Andrzej Duda. Um, he famously said that the LGBTQ uh, movement was not people, but an ideology, and that oh. the ideology has to be fought. We've mentioned in the fact uh, in in the past that towns declared themselves LGBT free zones. Mm -hmm. No gays here. You are not welcome. Yeah. Um, which lasted about as long as when the EU money ran out. Uh, and then, mm -hmm. then they promptly changed their minds. Um, but this, this broadcaster's point about the fact that, no, this isn't a war on an ideology. These are actual humans that we have wronged. Um, when he made this apology, he was speaking to, mm. directly to two LGBTQ activists, uh, I apologize for my pronunciations here, Bart uh, Starzewski and Maha, Maha uh, Heban, um, yep. and apologize directly to them as well. This seems like an actual genuine effort by the broadcasters uh, to, you know, mea culpa and apologize for what they've done. Mm -hmm. Well, fun things happening in Eastern Europe. Uh, we are going to be jumping to our first track, and that is uh, we're going to do Stained with Light by Diner, a uh, Toronto-based uh, artist, and we will be back just after this. One by one I watch them piss into the sun Saying ooh, I win, now follow me Oh, 
paint circles around your eyes you holy Queer home of Canada's queer media, I have abandoned Sebastian. But joining me instead is the membership and donor relations manager for the Inside Out Film Festival. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, we reached out to you folks because of a uh, an email that uh, mm. came to, to my attention. And that's about your new youth memberships. Uh, yeah. And for anyone under 25 who that's right. want to be listening here, it's a free membership. It is. Yeah, it's a free youth membership for, like you said, anyone under 25. It's a new membership level for us this year. And we created this to provide increased access to the festival for youth, in addition to the youth day screening we program during the festival. Was there, a, did you feel, I mean, first of all, this is fantastic news. It's a great way of uh, engaging the next generation in uh, queer film and cinema right. and uh, the variety of perspectives available. Was this responding to to a demand in the community for this? 
Um, I don't think it was responding to a demand, but our youth day program is such a popular day. And um, we, everyone who attends is always so enthusiastic, really loves our programming, really loves the day in general. And I think your comment about, you know, uh, providing access to the next generation of film festival goers is exactly why we created this membership level. So for folks who maybe aren't familiar with Insider, we sort of dived mm -hmm. right into it, but I'm just a huge fan of the festival. Yeah. I actually got to know you folks um, out of the festival in Ottawa. And of course, right. the one in Toronto is, is significantly larger. Those are your two in-person events but folks all over Ontario can engage with the digital festival is that correct yeah when we have any digital programming um it's available to anyone Ontario wide excellent That's right. and for as I mentioned earlier for our audience listening what's sort of the 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 mandate or the remit for Inside Out Right. So uh, Inside Out is one of the largest 2SLGBTQ plus film festivals uh we've been around for more than three decades and we're, we bring together the queer community in celebration of queer film in Canada and around the world. Um, our mandate is we challenge attitudes and change lives through the promotion, production, and exhibition of film made by and about the queer community. I mean, I think we, we, we've talked to folks before and, and various sort of festival organizers, and it really jumps out at me during these festivals the really the diversity of stories that get uh showcased for example i believe this week uh the week of broadcast um i want to say queen tut is playing uh in toronto um yeah. as part of uh, the ongoing festival and you know that uh, actually premiered uh, i want to say last year at the ottawa festival that's that right how important is it, do you feel, for young folks listening uh, to go out and, and engage and, and see these films? Oh, I think it's very important. I mean, if I can speak from experience, um, I was a, you know, young gay boy growing up in rural Ontario. And I, if it wasn't for queer film, I would not have seen myself represented on screen. So it's important to engage with um, different different um, different people of the community, um, but it's also important to attend these screenings to see your community represented. And I think that's that's why queer film is so important. I mean, well, we're seeing, and I'm sure our, our listeners are probably getting a sense of, wow, there's there's somebody gay on every movie or TV show now. Like it maybe, you know, it seems uh, far more ubiquitous than than ever before. You know, mm -hmm. surely. You know, is there is there still a need for a dedicated festival and and you know uh, these films? You know, what kind of representation are we talking about at the Inside Out Festival? Um, well, I mean, it's it's really in our in our two S L G B T Q plus acronym that we have in our title. Um, we show films from the two spirited community, from the lesbian community, the trans community, queer community. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of gay content as well. There's also a lot of bisexual content as well. Um, I think the need is very important. I think that it's very important for people, especially youth who are, you know, figuring themselves out at this time, especially at this time to see themselves on screen and also to come to a place like Inside Out 
that welcomes these stories, that welcomes these different um, perspectives. And I think it's really important for youth to be involved in 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 this in this festival in particular. Now, the Inside Out Festival, the one in Toronto, is mm-hmm. still a little ways away. We're talking. Uh, the May two four weekend through to June first. That's right. Um, you know, it's it's lots of time to to plan ahead. Folks in Ontario, yeah. it'll be online uh, as well. But I wanted to just mention to our listeners, especially folks under twenty five who are who are listening, the youth membership comes with a complimentary festival ticket. What what kind of access do you get with a festival ticket? Yeah, so um, why don't I just like break down the benefits for you? Um, sure. You get you get one free regular screening ticket, and you're able to redeem that ticket for any regular screening. So that could be a shorts program, that could be something throughout the week. It could be yeah. So anything that's in our festival that's considered a regular screening, youth have access to that. Um, youth also get access to the youth day screening and our youth day events on that day. Um, they get a 10% discount on any additional festival tickets and any festival merchandise that we have. Uh, they get early access to the festival program and tickets. Uh, they get exclusive event access during the festival. And then any year-round programming that we do with Toronto Partner Festivals, our members are the first to know and are the first to access tickets. Excellent. Now, this show is syndicated nationwide and there's you know there's festivals in vancouver montreal you know a lot of the urban uh, major urban centers have queer film festivals of some sort but i think the reason why i wanted to reach out to you today is because this is the first time that i've seen a festival of your size offering the free youth uh youth tickets now I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I believe Inside Out is either a nonprofit or a charity. So yep. is this initiative just part of your, your mission or has it been funded by somebody? RBC is our like our, our, our major funder for us. And RBC does sponsor our Youth Day programming and our day. It's just something that we wanted to create to provide access to for youth and for the next generation of that of that film festival goer. Excellent. Well. I know that myself, it's not just the films, which, uh, you know, I, what was it? A couple of years ago, we went and we saw, um, like, I want to say Mexican wrestlers, a bisexual lady who is a Mexican wrestler. That was a film that we saw. It was just incredible. And we saw a documentary about uh, the LGBT purge in, uh, in the Canadian Armed Forces. You know, it's the kind of content um, that is unlikely to necessarily glaze the screens of your Netflix or Disney subscription. And it, you know, and I think that that's, that's it. it's incredible. I really strongly recommend everybody go make a day of it, wrangle together your group of under 25 year old friends, um, assuming you're also under 25, and uh, go and check out these incredible, incredible films. But more importantly, and I'm sure you can speak to this as well. When we went to the festival, myself and Sebastian, to cover it, uh, it's it's the environment, it's the the event of it all, it's mm-hmm. the atmosphere in the theater and around the theater. You know, is it's that community element that uh, I think is incredibly important as well. What kind of role do you think that plays in terms of welcoming these young folks who might want to, maybe for the first time, go and see a film? 
Well, um, you know, I have to agree, like the energy in the festival, the energy in the like in our lobbies, in our event spaces, in our cinemas is there's nothing like it. And I think that attending an Inside Out Festival, queer festival, as you are beginning, you know, your journey of self-discovery is so important because you're 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 surrounded by members of the community that you want to be a part of and you instantly relate. And I think that that makes people feel really good. That makes people feel really welcome. And they it's also a safe space that they can be whoever they want. They can think whoever however they want. They can love whoever they want. And I think it's it's just it's just such a positive, positive atmosphere. And I'm, you know, I'm grateful to be a part of it. You know, for me, it makes me think of the fact that, you know, in today's world, we are very siloed. Everyone seems sort of diametrically opposed. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, rife. But when you go, if if you're under 25 and you find a film that you like, you can be guaranteed that you and everybody else there will have at least one thing in common. And yeah. that's that you wanted to go and watch this film. That's right. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's a that's great right. place to start. Um, yeah. Did you have any other closing comments you want to mention to folks about why they should uh, uh, participate and why they should maybe check out queer film in general? Um, well, I just I also wanted to say that, you know, this membership is very exciting for us. And we hope that a lot of youth take advantage. And we hope that we hope to see a lot of youth at our youth day screening and also throughout the festival. And I also wanted to, to um, point out that um, for those that are not in the Toronto area, um, Crave, we have a shelf, an inside out shelf on Crave that we have sort of programmed um, past festival uh, programming on that shelf. So if there is um, someone who's not in the Toronto area, but wants to access our year round programming, they can go on Crave and there's an actual like inside out shelf that they can that they can check out with past for with past uh, um, selections. Excellent. But um, but we're really looking forward to this festival this year. Um, and we're really looking forward to welcoming our youth members uh, this year. Well, I will be uh, in between watching, uh, you know, the season finale of Traitors. I am oh, yeah. Base, of course. Um, <laughs> right. I will uh, also take a look at the Inside Out Shelf on Crave. Um, Jeff, yeah. thank you so much. And more importantly, I want to thank the, you and the folks at Inside Out for making this opportunity truly accessible to young mm -hmm. folks under 25 uh, in the GTA who oh. can gather up and, and do this. And I hope that by covering this, we inspire other queer film festivals around the country to do the same. So thank you Absolutely. again. No problem. I just want to mention one more thing. Um, if you want to go to insideout.ca slash memberships to read more about our youth membership and all other levels, uh, go there. And also be sure to subscribe to our Inside Out newsletter on insideout.ca for all upcoming festival and event information. It's how I found out about it. Yeah. Uh, so definitely worthwhile. All right, Jeff, we'll be back okay, just you. after this.
Welcome back to Kang Queer. That was Ladybird What's Wrong by RVC Engel. And uh, we had the interview with uh, the Inside Out Festival just before that. I actually was wrong. Uh, we didn't hear Stained with the Light earlier. We actually heard Fever Dream by Julia Dales. Uh, that was the first track. Uh, and then we just heard after that interview, Ladybird What's Wrong by RVC Engel. Um, the next story, I, I, I want to clarify as well that uh, it was a bit of a question as to who was sponsoring this great youth initiative with the Inside Out Film Festival. Um, mm. RBC, I believe, the, the Royal Bank of Canada, RBC has, I believe, uh, come on and confirmed as not only the festival's ongoing sponsor, which is fantastic, um, but they are big fans of supporting the youth uh, film day that the festival does. You know, I appreciate when banks put their money into culture um, mm -hmm. as opposed to fossil fuels, but, um, you know, it's always, uh, always a great thing. Now, Sebastian, this next story, um, it's, it's, how do I, how do I break this story without, 
Okay. It's so okay. there is a gentleman, a man, a who has been sent to prison. Yes. Or uh, in 2022, right. uh, he effectively tricked, um, tricked some individuals into inappropriate behavior. Uh, is how I'm going to phrase it. He's now been sentenced to 28 months, so 14 months for each count. So right. this gentleman uh, has been charged with two cases of sexual assault. He was convicted uh, of those crimes. But what's really interesting about this, which is why I kind of wanted to mention it, the gentleman was a gay man mm -hmm. uh, and effectively, you know, it took catfishing to really an extreme level. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, you know, really, really sort of um, created the impression with the victims that uh, this this man was in fact a beautiful lady, a beautiful um, lady, a, a lovely lady, but was very shy, mm -hmm. very didn't want to be seen. Um, so there was a sheet, there was a hole mm -hmm. uh, in said sheet. I'm not providing any more details than that. Folks mm -hmm. can surmise uh as they would like but the point is at least one of the 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 men who were tricked um could i believe could tell the difference with what was going on uh behind the the smoke screen uh as it were uh, and uh called them out but the real issue here is you can't trick somebody mm -hmm. into having sex because right. it has to be your it has to be consenting. Yes. And it has to be informed consent. Warm consent. You have to know what you're getting into. Yeah. Exactly. You need to be, it needs to be ongoing. People can change their mind during mm -hmm. the course of doing an activity. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, ideally uh safe as well. And this clearly was not that because it's hard to to fully consent to something when you're being misled and tricked into a particular act. Mm -hmm. So yes, this gentleman was sentenced to 28 months uh, in prison um, as a result of these act. Now the victims are under publication ban. We obviously can't dive into it, but the reason why I wanted to mention this, uh, Sebastian, it's yes. really, a little salacious, don't get me wrong, is yes. yeah. a titillating tale. But if two men came forward and were related in the court case, what do you think the odds are on it only being those two men that were hoodwinked with the curtain and a hole? Oh, there was that one case from a couple of years ago in London when there was a fella who uh drugged and sexually assaulted i think they counted it was 30 or 40 people that they could track down because he you're referring to london uk yes yes and he was britain's most prolific serial rapist yeah yes. it was dozens and dozens and dozens of men and he kept trophies from all of them he he stole from them and and kept trophies so from that they they figured they could locate quite a few people. And then there's other things where they weren't sure if it was trophies or just his own possessions. So it was sort of like, it was like between 30 and 200 or something like that. Like they, they had a, they really had a, a variable 
on that one. It was, you know, 30 plus X people that he had sexually assaulted. And it was it was pretty prolific. Unfortunately, um, these things happen and that that doesn't make it acceptable by any means. So, I mean, when you say if there was two or were there probably more, unless they caught this uh, this fella out west uh, right at the start of him doing this, then maybe there's just two. But, yeah, I know what you're hinting at. There's. There might be more. If somebody's willing to do this twice, they're willing to do it a third time at least. Yeah, yeah. If they were caught by two, there was more likely more than that. Yeah. And I I think that my concern here, you know, we we've we've been talking about crime for a long time. Do you remember way back mm-hmm. when Grinder was being used uh to tie I mean, way back, it happens all the all the all the time, couldn't find Still the right adjective. On. Yeah. Um, when men were uh, tricked uh, into what they thought would be a, a good fun time. And mm. uh, in fact, uh, they were robbed blind. Um, in, in some countries, they've been beaten. And in a couple of isolated cases, I think there was a couple of cases in New York um, where they were also killed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's not It's not great. And I was thinking about when I worked with the Auto Police uh, Service, uh-huh. And there was a case of, I know this is going to throw a bit, this is a throwback, Craigslist. Do you remember yes. when Craigslist was the, uh, the the M for M personals? Oh, um, yes. But yeah, a lot of men had their wallets stolen. And the issue that the police had at the time was you can't really build a case. You can't identify a pattern. You can't find those leads to track mm. down the perpetrator of this when only one person comes forward or, you know, they come forward, but they don't want to give a lot of information or they, they would just rather not talk about it. Yeah. And it's that shame. It's that silence. It's that it's better if this just never happened. Not only is that very damaging to the, the men themselves, yeah. but to bury that and, and to, to live with that yeah. shame. Yeah, it, it's a, uh... It damages the justice system to a degree. Yeah, it this also what, enables the crime to continue happening for sure. Yeah, and that was one of the things they 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 found very quickly with the the case in London was that the 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 serial assaulter there specifically targeted straight men. Um, and when they actually started asking around about the case, there was they they got a lot of anonymous tips, but not a lot of people were willing to step forward. They weren't willing to actually say, "I am a heterosexual man who was." taken home and sexually assaulted by not only a gay man, but a very small gay man as well, that it was completely coercive and, and involved uh, drugs basically. And they, they were very embarrassed about it and they did not want their name attached to the case. And there was a few people that they could get, you know, under, under anonymity that they would give their testimony, but they, they were not willing to appear in court. So it was a very difficult case to do. And I'm willing to bet that with uh, this case, this more recent case at West, there probably are more people. And if they do go on the news and say, you know, we're looking for more victims. If you have any information, please step forward. There's probably going to be a dozen people who look at that and go, no, I'm not. That was me, but I'm not going to step forward because I don't want my name attached to this. That is a, it is a serious problem, unfortunately. Absolutely. Well, I sincerely hope that if anyone else here had a, similar run in with angela that uh they uh contact the police but more importantly speak to somebody it doesn't have yes. to be the authorities uh if you believe that a sexual counter was not uh informed 
was not uh, full with uh, full and ongoing with the consent um and you know wasn't as safe as you thought it would be um then yeah definitely definitely talk to somebody uh, it is utterly important and remember you cannot trick somebody it has to be uh, safe sane and consensual now uh there was we we don't usually talk about um a lot of american news but a trans um sort of elder i suppose in the States, recently passed away. Um, Cecilia Gentili uh, in New York is considered mm -hmm. to be a bit of a, a godmother of trans women, um, very much a, a leader in the community there. And there was a funeral at the St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. Now, this funeral was packed. Okay. For this random trans woman uh, who was in the late 50s, who passed away, 1,400 mourners showed up to the funeral to pay their respects. Um, and uh, turns out the people who are most unhappy with it is actually the archdiocese. Okay. Yeah, it turns out the Catholic Church itself is less than impressed. First of all, this is the biggest number of people they've had there since Easter. Like this is mm -hmm. it. It drew a crowd. Um, uh, it was supposed to be a routine event, just for a uh, uh, you know a, a funeral. Um, but apparently, the behavior of some of the mourners uh, was uh, less than ideal. It was considered a mockery of the Christian faith. Uh, it's been called a revolting, a desecration of the church. Okay. Um, and the fact that this trans woman was buried there, she may, she may have been referred to as the queen of the whores. Um, and that uh, is a direct quote here. Um, mother of all, sorry, not queen of, mother of all. Mm -hmm. um, and that may have led to uh, some eyebrows raised. But comments like that was too much for the archdiocese uh, of New York City, and uh, they have crowd foul, cried foul uh, of it. Uh, in completely unrelated news, mm -hmm. uh, the Vatican has handed down its first ever, you heard that correctly, first time ever conviction for sexual abuse on its own grounds. Oh! So in the last 2,000 years, they've only convicted one person, um, and that was a uh, former student at a seminary. Uh, he had been tried in um, in, in non-Vatican court and was found mm -hmm. not guilty. This is the first time ever that the Vatican court has found somebody guilty, and it was uh, for corrupting a minor two years and six months uh, after a uh, prison sentence from that. Um, but yeah, no, uh, in fact, the Pope himself also last week uh, decried hypocrisy in the Catholic Church, specifically with how LGBT folks are treated. And I believe he was speaking about blessings for same-sex couples uh, in particular. Now, uh, Seb, do you have any other top news of the week? Well, I mean, one of the the... the unfortunate ones that I found was that uh, St. Vincent and the Grenadines has upheld a law that uh, criminalizes gay sex between men. 
uh, I think they specify between men. Uh, a lot of these countries actually, do, when they do have a a, a legal uh, ban on same sex sex, they 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 tend to specifically name men. Nope, it does not specify. Yeah, so it's basically just all same sex interactions of that type are still illegal in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Now, if you remember the the sort of ongoing history of this, um, there have been quite a few Caribbean countries that have been changing these laws. Uh, many of them said they only implemented the laws in the first place due to colonialism and that the colonial homelands back in usually around the 1880s, between sort of 1880 and 1950, because, you know, uh, the Netherlands or France or England or Spain or Portugal uh, enacted uh, anti-gay laws that a lot of these Caribbean islands sort of followed suit. And recently, a lot of them have been sort of voting them down, saying, wait, why why, do, why are these still in the books? So it is kind of bizarre. Uh, I, I don't know what reason I have not been able to actually found what the legal argument for uh, enforcing it is. I don't think there is a, a, a legal argument for enforcing it well, if you're using... There must be. They, they must have you know their own their own reasons i will maybe pivot to some good news okay because we do we do follow that uh, on the 15th of february very recently the day after bangladesh day uh the uh parliament of greece okay. approved a bill by 176 votes to 76 um essentially legalizing uh same sex um uh marriage and mm -hmm. adoption. Now, surrogacy, uh, same-sex surrogacy is still not an option in Greece. Um, right. However, they can now adopt and they can have surrogacy outside of Greece. And uh, particularly, they can have marriage. Now, Greece is a, uh, it has the Greek Orthodox Church, has a powerful uh, role in Greek society. Mm -hmm. um, so the role of the Greek Orthodox Church and the fact that this law, uh, you know, legalizing gay marriage even happened at all mm -hmm. is considered to be a, a really significant success uh, in in Greece for sure. This makes them, by the way, because I also I was also aware of this story, this makes them the 15th member of the EU to pass laws of this type. Absolutely. Now, twenty-seven uh, speaking... countries in the EU, by the way. So they're they're. It's really weird. Like we we associate e, uh, Europe with um, being pretty liberal about this sort of thing, but the fact that only half the countries have passed same-sex unions, I think, is kind of uh, telling. Some of them, some of them have a same-sex union of some type, but don't allow you to call it marriage. And some of them have whatever, whatever you want to call it. We'll, we'll fill out the paperwork. It's all right. So I think that's the category that Greece has fallen into where they're, they're willing to accept same, if they have some kind of a secular union of some kind, as well as marriage, I think they cover both of them. Uh, sticking with some more good news. Uh, the first lesbian couple have had their marriage license recognized by the Nepalese government. So the government of Nepal, Mm-hmm. Uh, recently recognized the first same-sex marriage. Uh, there was a ruling not too long ago. Um, this is the first time it has kind of really been sort of actualized. Similarly, mm -hmm. uh, sim similarly, sim similarly, um, the uh, Japanese Likewise. Supreme Court uh, not that long ago struck down yeah. a law that requires trans people to undergo surgery. Uh, the first case of someone who was able to change uh, his gender official documents uh, without surgical sterilization um, has now gone through. So we're seeing, you know, the first couple of cases of that 
uh, happen as well. All in all, there is some good news. No, there's a lot of not great news mm-hmm. for sure. Like I'm thinking of, um, you know, we were talking about Russia there and we talked about um, some of the other things happening locally. Um, I did, I nearly forgot. Uh, we are keeping an eye on a story in Canada and that is a coffee shop was defaced with anti-LGBTQ graffiti in Ingersoll, Ontario. I think it's a small town, uh, small town community in Oxford uh, County. Um, it was defaced. Uh, I believe they had just some generic pride things up and about, and somebody took serious umbrage with it. Um, it was on thick black matter on the shop window. It was a homophobic message. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they did not appreciate the sticker saying that everybody is welcome. Um, I assume whoever did the graffiti is is personally no longer welcome. Um, but uh, how did the cafe in Ingersoll respond? They held a little fundraiser and they donated the funds to the local pride organization. Uh, I hope they were able to clean the market off the window um, and go from there. Um, and then Sebastian... One of the stories that we're going to be looking into over the next couple of weeks, one of the stories that we're going to be covering uh, actually came from the Ottawa Police Service. Okay, uh, They recently released the data on their uh, um, hate crime rates. Now, okay. let's not be flippant here. The number of anti-Semitic hate crimes uh, is astonishing. The number of anti-Semitic hate crimes in uh, Ottawa is really, it's pretty shocking for a town of about a million people, 90 reported cases yeah. uh, in, in the city. But the anti-gay, I mean, it's the capital, the anti-gay crimes. Now yes. we're talking about trespassing, vandalism, misdemeanors, where mm-hmm. the target, the motivation is hateful. It yes. is awful. 60 plus cases last year in the city of Ottawa. Now we're going to be diving into that uh, because I have a suspicion that uh, what's happening in Ottawa is uh, quite likely also happening elsewhere. So we will reach out to folks uh, and see if we can flesh out um, some of the some of the background story on that one as well. But pretty shocking rates of hate crimes uh, in the nation's capital um as uh over the past year mm-hmm. well that that works out to be about one a week which is for a population this size i don't know we, we could yeah we'll, we'll look into it the the details matter this is the kind of thing where the details definitely matter all right we will be playing out with our last track of the day this is a, a an artist that we are huge fans of uh amanda Rium, and this is intruder the clean version for radio, I've been Luke Smith. And I've been Sebastian. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>